0: Welcome to another edition of Lunch Hour with Reneau. Hi, Renault.
1: <sighs> I love how nervous Amanda is right now because she has no reason to be, zero reason to be. She's amazing at anything she does, but mm. here she sits on this couch, deadly nervous uh, because we're not quite as prepared as she would like us to be, <laughs> which I kind of want to tell her at Facebook Live, when do we ever roll in fully prepared? (laughs) Um, But it is such an incredible joy to be sitting on this couch with Mm -hmm. Amanda. Uh, I I don't know how many of you guys know this, but we've practically known each other since birth. I mean, maybe not that far back, but (laughs) since the birth of Mosaic, that's for sure. Um, And so Amanda has been a part of the story here at Mosaic, but more importantly, a part of my story and my family's story uh, now uh, 18 plus years and so uh, it is it's it's kind of like a blood covenant you know <laughs> where you're like uh, siblings for life and so it's just such a thrill to be on this couch with amanda but really to do anything with amanda anytime is always a thrill so great to have you here amanda <laughs> really well, i am no, glad legit, to be here i know you are I'm
0: sure we'll see what Amanda does are. in this time yes
1: yes indeed yes. uh yes indeed so what are we up to in this time
0: well, we are going to um, jump of off of, eat. yeah, what's for lunch first?
1: <laughs> uh, I have the vegetarian chili today again. Um, it's a I love favorite. Veg- it is a favorite uh, because m- mostly, well, one, it's good, but mostly because it's fast. And I'm usually running late to get here. And so <laughs> then I'm like, ooh, I'd really like the avocado toast. But that's going to take them like four and a half minutes to make. But this, they just scoop into a bowl. That's Mm. about a minute, and then I make it here on time, which makes Amanda less nervous. Just in time. And so, actually, it's more consequence of logistics, but it is also very tasty and very good for you. And then I have my regular juice. This one today is beetroot, carrot, apple, orange, lemon, which will be extremely good for a number of realities in my body.
0: (laughs) Well, glad for that. And tasty. So, Uh, you talk, I'll eat. We are going to uh, move into a conversation that really jumps off of Ephesians, where we've been on Sundays, and it'll be good today to take some time to dive in a little deeper. So Paul has been highlighting the importance of having unity in the body of Christ, which is awesome, but in our current
1: Mm.
0: climate, in our world, there's so much division and um, fractured individuals and trying to communicate with each other and to find uh, truth and to point each other to Jesus in the midst of so many other things that are distracting and uh, oppositional to what Jesus is doing. Oppositional, so, that's a good yeah. word. It
1: feels like our entire cultural context <laughs> is oppositional right now, which makes it challenging to walk into a space where clearly um, the gospel uh, and God's revelation through his word calls us into a constant um, uh, expression and experience of unity, and of, of fighting for it. So, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna be jumping into that.
0: So, what's it look like practically for us to fight for unity
1: oh my in the gosh. midst of
0: this? Crazy Why don't we just start world? with a
1: question like that? How do we do it, Renault? <laughs> yeah, well, let me just start think? by saying I have no idea. Um, but that's not wholeheartedly <laughs> true. But it is partly true because it is very, very complex. Uh, you know, it is funny because uh, there's so much that's thrown at us um, constantly right now. It, it's part of the consequence of the uh, flow of information at the level that it can flow because of the access we have to information, part of the consequence of uh, information moving now through a social structure so that it, it moves from researched and thought through to opinionated and uh, random and immediate, um, and then, of course, uh, with the realities of everybody vying for more um uh, reads more space because that means more ads, that means more resources. It doesn't. It's not so much about what information's put out as much as what information is going to most likely go viral, be read, and all that. And so now we live in this strange world where things are thrown at us constantly. We have access to them, and it's very hard to discern what is real, what is not, what is fact, what is not, what is what is health, helpful, what is not, what is what is dangerous, what is not, um, and so. Uh, It is a complex space. As a matter of fact, um, part of the reason why Amanda even today was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this on this (laughs) one where we're totally unprepared, which I don't think there's ever such a word in my vocabulary, (laughs) um, because God's sovereignty just prepares us for something else. But um, we actually had encountered another one of these things thrown at us that's sort of a new movement that's emerging, uh, that has a number of dangers to it, and so we, as we've been researching it this week a little bit, we were going to use some of this space to dialogue about that because there's a bunch of them, and this is just one of the newer ones. And and quite honestly, as we read about it, researched it, looked into it, uh, we we came into this space 10 minutes before we sat down here and said, you know what, we don't. We don't feel like we have a handle enough on this to step into a conversation about it here or or anywhere until we've got a little bit more of a handle. And and I would just say this, that um, as a starting point, to answer your question, like how on earth do we make sure that we're moving into a positioning of working toward unity instead of working for divisiveness? Mm -hmm. A really, really good starting point is for us all to not assume that we know everything that needs to be known about anything, Mm. and to roll in with an attitude that is much more of a, look, here's the way it is. Mm. I think all of us slowing down, all of us taking the time to research, to process, to determine what is real and what is not, um, is a very good starting point not to walk into a mess and create unnecessary division just by the fact that we're naive. So today... um, we had to pivot because we're like, you know what? We're not ready to have this conversation in a helpful manner. It's not gonna be helpful. And then, and then so, so then, he, here's, here's the easy thing. Instead of saying, well, it's not gonna be helpful, but oh well, mm. you just go like this. Well then, let's not talk about it until we know enough for it to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's, that's an important starting point, uh, certainly, um, for us. It has been so fun over the last, maybe week and a half, really, like that short <laughs> of a period of time, to see a couple of different events and incidences, both in the media, uh, in the media, uh, in my spaces of watching, as well as personal things I've been a part of, that that have been very encouraging in communicating to me that there is a path, there is a path toward this space of unity, despite the oppositional nature Mm. of the current issues on the table. And I saw it in a couple of different aspects, and it was just really moving to me this week to kind of have God whisper to me, we're, we're going to get through this. We're mm-hmm. going to get out of this, and not, not out of the circumstances necessarily, yeah. but we're going to get out of this place of oppositional, relational dynamics, especially among the, the, the people of God. And, uh, and it's beginning. It's beginning to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's, been, it's been a good week of just being reminded that the Spirit of God is not wondering how on earth to get through this. And the Spirit of God is not concerned that we won't. The Spirit of God is just as gently as ever rising up in us to bring us into a place of submitted freedom into the ways of God. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think as we uh, get into conversations, like, if we can trust the Spirit in us and allow ourselves to be patient and not reactionary, and I just feel like the as more time passes there's more ability for the spirit to work in us as we do have conversations with people that we're able to not just react but to care about that person without thinking about whatever our perspective yeah. is yeah first. absolutely
1: um we we would just uh gathered up as a staff uh when was it tuesday yesterday tuesday tuesday yeah what is the thursday it's so thursday. tuesday yeah <laughs> uh, we were gathered up as a staff um, for our kind of uh, monthly staff day that we do where we gather all of the staff at Mosaic and the interns and we do some worship together. Uh, we catch up on some things. We gather up. We have lunch. We do th- do some stuff. And part of that time together was to walk into a discussion, a continued discussion, on the issues of our day concerning racial justice and racial reconciliation and racial uh, injustice and the realities of our culture, the realities of our history, the realities of the collision between uh, different um, people groups and even drilling down to law enforcement and uh, people of color and what is and what isn't is so confusing and so messed crazy and and just Mm -hmm. difficult. And so obviously, as you can imagine, Anytime I walk into these spaces with a room full of 50-plus people, you're like, oh, goodness. doesn't matter that, that we're all here. We have mm. thousands of differing uh, opinions on the minuscule little levels. We have different personalities. We have, we have different backgrounds. We come from different ethnicities. We mm-hmm. have different histories. I mean, different experiences, different hurts, different pains, different mm-hmm. passions, different different everything, which is different across the board. Uh, and some of us in a room of 50 plus people have some things in common. But at the end of the day, I am I am different from anybody else in that room on so many layers and multiple mm-hmm. levels. So now we're going to walk into a discussion about things that we have different opinions on, different past experiences. We even had significant age differences in the room, right? I mean, we had, yeah. we had people that haven't exited their teen years and people that have lived 60-plus years. So there are people that lived during the movement in the 60s. Civil rights, yeah. And there are people that learned about that last year in a history book, you know? So just the extraordinary scope of that. And we had to enter that space discussing a particular series that we watched as a team that brought some of these issues to the table. And this series, we chose it because... It it wasn't just the little clean-cut box in which we all love it. It begged a lot of questions. So there were things about it that we could learn a great deal from and things Mm. about it that we we should be concerned about and what those things were differed in opinion. So Mm. you were there. Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear from you a little bit. As we entered that space and we talked together before we actually gathered up, uh, what did it feel like to you? What was clear in your mind as we entered that space of like, okay, if we're going to do this, here's what we need to have on our minds as we do this. And and then how did that all feel and how did all that go? Because I will tell you, that was one of the events this last week and a half that I walked away from going, we're going to be okay. Yeah. We're going to be okay.
0: I felt that too as we left. Um, Initially, it's like, oh, you're going to get together and talk about these difficult subjects. And some people's instinct might be to, like, defend their point of view um, and Or to, uh, I'm nervous to say anything because I don't want to be the bad guy or I don't want to hurt someone accidentally, right? And so you feel like the desire to speak is really being stifled by all of these kind of extra things going on in your head and your heart. Um, But before we spoke about that, we talked about uh, our unity in Jesus that we can all come to the table knowing that we want to honor Jesus with our lives, with our conversations um, and with the ability to to help people in our world who are in need, whoever they are. And so mm-hmm. it was really comforting to go into into this group of people who, who all had that same mentality and that we could trust e- each other with one another and our thoughts. And also um, Justin was in my group and his his heart is so kind in this and he he's been on his own journey and he shared you know that he's seen the spirit work in him and so he has faith that the spirit is working in others and so that for us to be at different uh points of view or thoughts on things should be expected and doesn't have to be a fight but is a conversation yeah Um, and so I really appreciated his involvement in my conversation and I felt like. We walked away saying that was really good. I'm glad we had the opportunity to do that, and I'm glad to be, uh, you know, in this community where we can do that and trust one another and love one another, um, and ask questions and share thoughts.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was it was really fun to watch because I had the privilege in this particular setting not to be a part of one of the round tables. So what we did is we we divided the whole staff into groups of somewhere between four and six people. So. Um, And they would gather up in a group, and the groups were completely just a variety of whomever gathered up. Mm -hmm. And so we had a set of questions that we wrestled with, and we wrestled with them in groups instead of in a a big room of uh, 50 people, because then you can really dialogue, and and instead of it becoming about opinions and facts, it becomes about understanding Mm -hmm. and learning. And so we kind of started there and I had this privilege to be able to walk around the room as the different groups were talking. And it was so much fun (laughs) to hear um, somebody sharing and all the other people in the group just intently listening with the attitude of not what do I defend or what do I correct or what do I disagree with, but rather to say, what can I understand? What can I learn? What can I know? Of where this person is coming from and why they see it the way they do, I may not see it the way they do it. But my starting point shouldn't see what do we, shouldn't be what do we see differently. My starting point should be how can I know more of you, understand more of you, mm. because there's something always behind in that diversity that we have behind where you're landing. And it was so fun to walk around and watch that unfold in these discussions. When I knew around some of those circles, I mean, I was looking, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of talk sort of on our staff of like, I don't know that we're all on the same page on these issues. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, there's over 50 of us. Of course, (laughs) we're not on the same page on these issues. But we are on the same page in our desire to walk into a place where we display the gospel, demonstrate the authority and sovereignty of Jesus and his love for us and his love for the world, and demonstrated through our unity and our love for the world and so it it causes us all to have to ask the question if diversity in this room of opinions and personalities and everything we've talked about mm-hmm. is obvious and the single thing we all have in common is that Jesus has rescued each of us mm-hmm. and that we have the spirit then how do we engage in these conversations with the starting point of saying if God intended diversity in his creative order, and, and we, we talked about that, diversity wasn't something that came after the fall. We, some would argue, well, you know, the, the nations and the, the languages. I'm like, hold on. The two most diverse uh, creatures on the planet are, are men and women, right? One's apparently from Mars and one's from Venus, <laughs> from what I've heard. Um, and God created man and woman before the fall. And so I, I love that he did that because it was his way of saying, I'm I'm not just creating plurality Mm -hmm. so that there is, you can represent my triunity, my unity with diversity. Mm -hmm. I'm actually creating diversity because I am singular and yet diverse. (coughs) It's not the Father, the Father, the Father. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who are one and is one, right? Mm. And so here we are, man and woman now in this relational dynamic of such diversity and yet such oneness and unity as God creates these two creatures, so the same and so different. Mm -hmm. And then um, to sit in a room like that and go, here's all this diversity. God's intention with diversity is that within this diversity, we learn, we grow, and we see the beauty of a broader understanding of what we can understand if we're just ourselves. So instead of diversity either being divisive or our unity is because we all conform or we are all the same. Sameness isn't truly unity. It's just simply, I'm the same as you, so we agree on everything, (laughs) so we're unified. True unity is I'm not the same as you. I don't agree with everything. But that is not what matters most. In fact, the beauty of that is now I can learn. Mm -hmm. I can learn something I don't know because you have a different point of view than I do. And so if my attitude is, my goal is to help you understand my point of view so that you can meet me, Mm -hmm. well then, yep, welcome to oppositional (laughs) relational dynamics, (laughs) which is kind of where we live a lot. But this space was very different. And so we said that when we started. Go into the circle and say, I'm here to listen and learn, and then I'm here to share so you can listen and learn and it changed the entire mm. dynamic of the conversation.
0: Yeah, Kathy um, just shared that's the key that we need, more listening and understanding, uh, less trying to push what we think on others. And I think that listening and understanding, sometimes when we feel like we're just <coughs> there to listen and understand, it's, it, maybe we feel like we have to totally aff- affirm whatever that person is sharing, or that we're in agreement because we're silent and I don't think those things have to be true nope. like you can listen and Chances are you're gonna find something you nope. can agree with in that listening if we're if we're patient enough nope. to just listen and, right. and it was so good on Tuesday to hear from other people Who are different than me and have different experiences or different conversations that help me more fully? Uh, understand a, a concept that I don't know everything about, yep. which is every yep. concept.
1: Yep. So That's in right. every
0: conversation, I can go to the table looking to learn and to hear, and it doesn't mean I'm gonna be in full agreement, That's right. but I'm sure gonna have more.
1: That's right. and, and the amazing wonder of learning from one another, especially in our scopes uh, of, of differing ages and, and experiences and, and histories, is that we begin to learn, one, we begin to learn more about what is actually real instead of just what we've heard. It was very interesting in in the conversations, this particular series that we were talking about goes back over history and shows a different perspective of history from a different cultural context than I'm typically Mm -hmm. um, used to. So an event in history, I kind of put it this way, that if an event in history, when the event took place that the ships landed on our shores mm-hmm. from Europe to come and find new land, that event, that identical event, if you tell that historical story from the point of view of the ships, you're going you're gonna to hear the accuracy of those events, but with the inaccuracy, uh, because it's an experience. Mm-hmm. These events were X, Y, and Z. Let's celebrate. It's wonderful. If you're watching, if you're listening to that story of history from the Native Americans that were on that beach... Mm-hmm. You might get an extremely different story, same events. And so then the argument becomes which of them have the right view of history. Mm-hmm. And I would argue the trouble is you can't ask that question because mm-hmm. the events are identical. They are factual. But the experience of those events will be very different depending on which side of the coin you're on. So this particular series goes back over our history and gives a perspective perhaps of what history would have been experienced uh, like and what happened in history if you were a person of color versus uh, a white person. So here's why I'm sharing that. So none of us in that room were privy to those events. <laughs> yeah. So we are, we are taking what we can mm-hmm. from what was written down, which always scares me a bit because I'm like, what are people gonna think of our season when they read Facebook and Twitter and Instagram? They're gonna write a history about us that is nothing <laughs> like the reality. But anyways, point is, yeah. one of the guys in one of those circles,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one has lived longer. So he was around in the some of the series in this that was dealing with more recent history mm-hmm. and then making observations and conclusions from that recent history and making statements like, therefore this or this was that or this he was actually there yeah and he was actually in rooms with those discussions and he was privy to things that even this TV series was not privy to so he was able to say in the circle I heard him say you know I, d- I don't know about the the earlier stuff in that I learned a ton mm-hmm. but when we got to that episode and he was talking about that it's n- not actually accurate not even perspective mm-hmm. accurate like those things were not accurate I was there, yeah. I was in those rooms, and I know, and I, I had this sudden thought, like, this is what happens mm. when we're willing to gather up and hear from each other, because we might go, no kidding, wow, like, like I'm talking to somebody that can give me a, a greater sense. At the same time, that same person was saying, man, the, the privilege of learning about the, the further back history and the perspective of going, wow, maybe the way my ancestors experienced history, which is what I've primarily based my mm-hmm. historical context on, was nothing like a different culture. What can I extract from that that will cause me far greater understanding and compassion today toward what's happening? And so the learning begins. Yeah. And, and I just loved watching all of that unfold um, on Tuesday. And it, it, it just stirred in me this, the space of like this is how it's got to go down. Like, th- this is how it's got to go from here. We all lost our heads a bit. We've talked about that some. We all got all emotional, and and for right reason. These are passionate subjects. Yeah. But man, now we got to buckle down, especially in biblical community, and we got to start going. Okay, let's sit and listen with the with the desire to understand, not just understand your opinion, but understand your pain, understand your hurt. Uh, I've had the privilege of dialoguing now with a number of my friends that come from communities of color. And I've dialogued with a number of my friends that are in law enforcement across the board in terms of their backgrounds and ethnicity. And I'll tell you what I absolutely have concluded. There is pain. Yeah. There is pain. Pain here and pain here. And we can jump immediately to, yeah, but but I'm like, hold. There is pain do we understand what that pain is, where it's coming from, why it's there? Mm-hmm. Or are we just trying to defend why it shouldn't be or why it's... And it's been such a privilege to just spend a, a number of months now trying to absorb where is, where is the pain. And now we can start a journey yeah. forward from there. And, and
0: what's our job to do with whoever comes to us right. in pain? That's right. You know, like we're imitators of Jesus and we love and we care, and we point them to the truth in the Bible, that's which right. transcends the circumstances. Yes, doesn't make them right. Yes, doesn't mean there's not need for uh, movement forward and yes. change. But um, yeah, that's just my role and as an imitator of th- Jesus th- that's right. love. And look,
1: facts don't have to be ignored mm-hmm. in order to journey through this well. Facts just have to be placed in the right order. And here's what I mean by that. So for those of you out there that have strong relationships with someone, you have a strong friendship with someone, a best friend, you're married and have a spouse, um, that, kind of those relationships where you have a, uh, an ongoing, maybe roommates and your really dear friends, you're, you end up in conflict at some point, right? And sure. when you end up in <laughs> conflict, our tendency is, I know with my wife and I, this is the case, We roll into that conflict. We come in with a different point of view. That's why the conflict exists in the first place. Mm -hmm. Usually hurt. And either it's both hurt or one hurt and the other one disagrees that they should be hurt, right? So (laughs) we roll in and we start a conversation to try to resolve this conflict. And what we typically bring to the table is facts. We bring our perspective and facts. Well, look, you just read that wrong. You just didn't Mm. understand that. What I've found with my wife over the years is if I want to roll in (laughs) as a starting point, With my extraordinary ability to bring facts in Mm. clear communication, to logically unpack them, to demonstrate a conclusion that will clearly lead her to go, oh, I get it now. I shouldn't be feeling this way. (laughs) That has never, I want to state that with clarity, never gone well. Ever. I'm still trying it. It still goes badly. (laughs) Every time. And what I always hear after that is, I didn't need you rolling in to try to fix this. Mm. I needed you to understand what I, what I was going through, what I was feeling. It didn't matter at that juncture yeah. why I should or shouldn't have been. So what I've learned over the years is that a better journey is to roll into a conflict or tense situation with a heart to understand, mm-hmm. with empathy, and to try to step into her space. And our therapeutic journey, uh, the therapist that my wife and I use, this is like 90% of everything he tells us all the time is <laughs> even when he is navigating a tense situation for us on, uh, in his office, he's constantly bringing us back to not, hold on. Did you hear what he or she was mm. trying to say? Do you, do you hear in their voice that feeling? Yeah. Yes. But that, I don't understand feeling right or wrong for right now. Can, can we go there? And so he's constantly helping us to kind of go, hold on. Let me start with this. Do I understand?
0: Mm-hmm. Why
1: you're hurt, not not even why you're hurt that you're hurt, yeah, that your hurt has reason, whether perceived or real as an irrelevant mm-hmm. it is and and what is my journey to meet you in that hurt, to acknowledge that hurt, to feel grief for that hurt mm-hmm. and to to cause you to feel like, oh my gosh, like i you may not understand why I'm hurt, but you understand that I am, and it matters to mm-hmm. you 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 feel deeply for that then. My next step usually is not immediately go. Now that I've empathized for a second, let's get to the facts, and, and it's then to kind of give it time to say, "Let's just this is good." Mm-hmm. I, I acknowledge, and maybe even saying things like, "I, I am sorry that you that that you've had to feel that way. That that I did something that that caused you, or that somebody did something mm-hmm. to cause." Then maybe tomorrow, <laughs> after today's gone and we're back to a good space, mm-hmm. I might sit down and say, you know, "I've been thinking about yesterday's conversation and." I just want to be careful as we move into the future right. that perhaps we don't just settle into a space where that kind of thing will happen again. Because some of the assumptions you were making, just so you know, mm. they, they, they were not actually. I, I get, yeah. but let me just share with you and then I share some things. And what I found with my wife or in mm-hmm. close friendships is when we do it that way. There's a real openness to go, okay, I don't just want truth to be eliminated. Never, ever correct me or never, ever bring facts or never, because that just disrupts or causes. No, 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 no.
0: Yeah.
1: The the journey with Jesus is always truth and grace. The thing is he he brought both all the time in beautiful ways, but his timing on when one or the other happened was extraordinary to watch. Mm -hmm. And when he usually entered spaces of people in pain, He didn't bring theological clarity first. He didn't even need them to know or feel a certain way, have a certain faith. He would usually tell them, I'm just so proud of you for believing. You know, believing Mm -hmm. was part of what healed you. Like it's almost like your your faith, well done. (laughs) And other times he's like, you don't even know who I am. Rub your eyes with some mud, you'll be fine. You know, like he always entered at meeting, let's talk first about leprosy and about how much I love you and about how much you matter to me. And if you return, we can always talk about the fact that I'm the Messiah and what that means, you know? So beautiful. I
0: think practically like what you're saying, giving that time and caring first, sometimes I feel like if we're like this and there's conflict, then a lot of caring has to happen. But if we can get past that and we know we care about each other and we know we both have a goal in mind to move forward in peace and in love and, uh, you know, following Jesus to the best of our ability... So once we get past this, now we're kind of on the same side. And then that is where truth and facts can lead us to better future. Yes, you know? yes,
1: yes, absolutely. And the truths and the facts become a valuable help when they're not brought to the table as a defense right. in a conflict. Yes. That's never, ever yes, no helpful, <laughs> ever. And I think that that's part of the problem with social media, right? It is, a, it is not an ongoing dialogue as we mm. think it is. It is, it's almost like coming in, stating, leaving. Come back Mm -hmm. later, see what everybody else said, but you weren't. And so what we tend to see on social media, other than posting pictures of sunsets, rainbows, puppies, and our (laughs) kids, where then everybody's like heart emojis and fun, 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 which is wonderful. Yeah. We come post in all the careful and right ways. Mm -hmm. Hey, read this, thought it might be helpful. Mm -hmm. But social media unfortunately, which feels like a town hall, isn't really a town hall because we're not all there. Yeah, And it's an exchange. You don't even know where it's landing. Yeah, it's an exchange of facts. There's no emotion behind it, so you make assumptions. Mm. So again, we, we've been talking much about this. I don't necessarily get to the place in my life, although I am tempted just to say, look, social media is good for one thing and one thing alone. And that is what's going on in your wonderful, fluffy life mm. and mine. Our puppies, our bunnies, our kids, and rainbows. It's just not good. Or, 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 man, pray, my, my, my dad's in the hospital, right? Yeah. Great space social media, like letting people know the hard and the good uh, in your life. What is social media supposed to be about? It's us having connections with each other that we would normally not have because we don't pass each other regularly. Mm-hmm. Social media has become the quiet space in which we carefully land or not carefully land our opinions. And then other people defend their opinions against our opinions to which we feel obligated to defend, etc. Mm. Not a great space. But that's partly because we lead with our opinions on social media. Yeah. We don't lead with, tell me more. Help me understand. Because you can't. <laughs> because what is the person gonna do? Write an entire paragraph on that? So then we say, when I see them again, I'll ask them more about that. But by the time Especially we get there, there's been nine thousand seven hundred and eighty-six other posts. And so yeah. I've long forgotten about that one. So
0: Obi has a question. He said compassion. Wait, wait, from Obi? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, don't be even good.
1: I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Obi, I love you, brother.
0: So he says compassion enablement and correction how do you balance the right time to use which and he's he may not be speaking specifically about social media but just in general
1: totally that's a great question Obi and 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 what I have found is that compassion without a certain point of a discussion about what is true and right and and correction is enablement Right. So if if, if all I'm going to lead with all the time is compassion, mm-hmm. acceptance, I, I'm going to meet you where you are. I totally disagree with you, but I'm not going to tell you that because I'm not interested in conflict. Yeah. I just want you to love me. And so I see this a lot in friendships or parent child relationships or even spousal relationships that becomes more of that sort of my well-being is your well-being. In other words, if you're good, I'm good. Yeah. So I'm, I am I never want to disrupt. I never want to create conflict. And so I'm just going to lead with compassion all the time.
0: Which can be selfish.
1: It's, it is. It, it, it is because <laughs> just I just avoiding. don't want... The, yeah. the, uh, it's avoidance. So compassion or, or, or grace, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. the that space where I'm like, I want to understand... I want to empathize. Mm -hmm. If that's the only thing I ever do, understand and empathize, understand and empathize, we end up with a culture that accepts everything and Mm -hmm. everyone. Whether it's good for you or bad for you is none of my business. If you love it and it feels good, it's got to be good. So actually, the enablement reality has been a part of our culture that has said, do that. On the other hand, leading with correction leads to more often than not rebellion, yeah. actually, or, or, di- or division. Because there is no compassion and empathy. It just feels like correction. And so what ends up happening is you have a very corrective space. And so what you tend to see is you see the roll-eyes attitude that I, that I mm-hmm. always talk about. I'm going to write you off eventually. If all you ever do with me is you're always trying to show me what's right. It's for my best interest. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm going down the wrong path. It's, and, let's, and let's even assume for a second that every time you're correcting me, you have reason to. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm literally being foolish, right? What I'm going to eventually do is say, this person doesn't care about me one bit. Yeah. All they care about is me getting it right, and I can never get it right. Why can I never get it right? Because all they ever communicate to me is that I'm getting it wrong. Yeah. So that leads nowhere good.
0: It's not effective.
1: It's not enabling, mm-hmm. but it's actually a weird, different version of enabling, because here's why you stop enabling you having voice in their life. Mm -hmm. So now your correction is valueless and they will remain in foolishness in the future because you trying to correct them is is actually probably going to drive them to go, well, if you think it should be corrected, I'm definitely not doing it. So do you see how compassion alone enables someone to remain in foolishness or what's not good for them? Mm -hmm. Correction alone eventually causes them to behave foolishly because they they don't even want to listen to you. Mm -hmm. But compassion with correction is extremely powerful. And the timing is more often than not, compassion first, correction second. Lead with compassion, follow with correction. Or lead with correction if the immediacy requires it. Mm. Like I don't when one of my kids is running toward the road. I don't lead with compassion. Love you. Hope you know that. Mm. Totally feel your excitement about running to get the ball <laughs> in the road. By the way, there's a car. Yeah, I I, I, I scream, stop, and mm-hmm. I run and I grab him, And then I'm like, I know you wanted to go get the ball. It's beautiful, but we can't run it. We can't run it yeah. roads. So but if e- you
0: even in that, there's. A reality of relationship where compassion has existed.
1: That's right, that's right. Yes, and then so I'm gonna remedy
0: waiting for the one fired. That's right, that's right. And to I'm gonna
1: remedy it. that experience of correction with an immediate statement, an immediate engagement of some compassion. Yeah. Dad did this because yeah. I saw this in you. <laughs> so it doesn't matter which one you lead with uh in general, as long as both are present in some version of timing, not in one conversation, mm-hmm. but over a day or two or a week or two. But I would encourage you more often than not lead with compassion when the timing allows for it and it's not an immediate correctiveness needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're not talking now about the parenting realities and stuff that are just ongoing. Like when you're parenting kids, sometimes it feels like an entire day is just no, 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 no. (laughs) When you have a toddler or you have a teenager or you Mm. uh, those kinds of things. But again, constantly coming back to do I lean into compassion over correction or do I lead into correction over compassion Mm. we all do FYI find me someone who's perfectly Mm. balanced in that Jesus that's about (laughs) all we got but we can all move toward a greater combination of those two things so understanding and empathy is a compassionate move Mm -hmm. and truth and um, uh, correction is a compassionate move but they feel very different and so we need both of them present so
0: yeah and um Like, personally, I just don't feel like Jesus has given me the job to do that for everyone in the world.
1: No, 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 no. That's another very good point. We have to be able to discern where our responsibility towards someone in the the relational dynamic we have is both compassion and correction and where it's really just compassion. Um, And so there's, there's seasons of life where there may be somebody in our life that our relationship with them is a relationship of compassion, not correction. Um, even in the broadest stroke, oftentimes when I'm talking to friends who don't know Jesus and don't know the gospel and they are in uh, things, doing things in life that I I know according to scripture aren't great, but our culture would argue because they sure seem to be very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, It's not my job to go correct them in those spaces yet or or even perhaps ever Mm -hmm. until they come to a place where they understand the clarity of the gospel. That would be one example of sort of a broad stroke
0: um,
1: space. So yeah, it's been very interesting. I think for me, the the journey this last week and a half that's been very encouraging and also brought clarity to what our journey forward looks like. The one has been what we've talked about so far, Mm -hmm. watching the dynamic of this relational space, the the individual meetings I've had over the last two or three weeks. Um, I met with a a, a dear friend of mine today who um, has been in law enforcement police officer for 30-plus years and um, isn't now as retired but still does a lot of stuff with that. And I got to sit with him today and hear his story, like the 30-year story, things that went on, and got to hear his experience of everything now and got to hear the pain Mm -hmm. that he feels and the compassion that he feels for the communities that are hurting but not sure how to be this and not abandon Mm -hmm. this. and Like, just so much. I mean, he just kept, it was so beautiful. He kept saying, like, I have this dilemma, this struggle, like, how do I get on the mm. wagon with the people I love, but but how do I fight for the people I love? And yeah. just this dilemma and his story was so beautiful. And, and we were just having this incredible conversation. And I realized again at that table, like, oh my gosh, I just want to go like hug him and a bunch of my friends in law enforcement because yeah. I have a whole new, and I mean, I've been doing this for a couple of months now and I, I thought I had a real clarity of the pain there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I understand. And and this beautiful clarity watching on Tuesday and then the, the, the lunch today and some others, Of the more we talk relationally and start with an mm-hmm. effort of understanding. I mean, we, in that conversation, we talked about some hard things. Yeah. We brought some differing opinions mm-hmm. to the table and we challenged one another in them. I mean, it was not a fluffy conversation, right. but it was a, conversation that had one end in mind. Mm -hmm. Help me understand. Help me see. And we both did that. And it was awesome. And I'm so grateful for him.
0: And even when there's like differing, isn't it just so encouraging to see that what this person might just get painted in this one light by other people who are louder or represent them or whatever, but there's so much care there. There's nuance, there's There's details, and if we take the time to listen, we see that they care, and it doesn't mean that we automatically agree, but we can have a good conversation. That's
1: right, right. and and that has been very encouraging. So obviously for unity, as we talked about Ephesians, Mm -hmm. this reality that we're talking about, don't spew information around until you've taken time to process it. Kind of started our Facebook Live, right? We had information we wanted to bring. We didn't feel ready to mm-hmm. do it adequate justice and not cause more fires. Yeah. And so we guess what? We just left it alone. I mean, we'll deal with it another time. Yeah. It's just not that important mm-hmm. that it's worth bringing to the table before we have a greater clarity. And if we all are slower to speak and slower to get angry and quicker to listen, wait, that might be in the Bible that might be in the bible. It's in the book of James. I mean, I'm telling you, how much more. Then second of all, come in with an attitude of wanting to understand and learn and not wanting to convince and correct. Mm-hmm. And be ready for conversations. Like that that that's been encouraging. Then the other thing that really encouraged me this week and I think brings us to the to the the, the next level of how unity will ultimately occur is I was watching um uh, American Ninja Warrior, and mm-hmm. the, the new season just started, super psyched, except like it's a bit weird for those of you American Ninja fans out there, like there's no crowds on the side, Aww. they're indoors, oh, so they can't do like the really, really, really hard stuff, so now it's, it's only like a hundred thousand instead of a million dollars that you win. Uh, and, and, and they didn't just have... They didn't have all the tryouts, so it's yeah, small. It just
0: small is weird, mm-hmm. but
1: it doesn't matter because it's still awesome.
0: Everything's weird right now, you Everything's know? Everything's
1: weird. But I tell you, man, these these men and women that do American Ninja, it's just so exciting to watch. Um, and so I, I was watching it, and um, a couple of the the people in American Ninja Warrior, obviously, as to be expected, and rightly so, um, they were binding together a- around some of these justice issues. Mm-hmm. And one of the, th- the things is one of the guys... Uh, that 's an American ninja well known American ninja he he has all these yellow shirts that these everyone's wearing, and it has this new logo on it and it, kind of like Amer- uh, ninjas for Black Lives is I think what he calls it ninjas for black lives mm-hmm. and um, it was just really neat uh, not tied to any particular movement that I 'm aware of just the ninjas wanting to say hey we we're part of this whole conversation yeah. so one of the ninjas uh, one of my favorite ninjas honestly um, <laughs> African-American man that's unbelievable. Uh, so he comes on stage wearing his yellow shirt, and they do this whole little blurb on him, celebrating uh, his story. Yeah. So he's wearing a bandana mm-hmm. that's that um, that black flag with the blue stripe through it. Yeah, that's like Blue Lives Matter. Yeah, you know that one. He's wearing that bandana and mm-hmm. he's wearing the yellow shirt. Yeah, like black. You know, for Black Lives. And this, and so they share a little bit of his story. So he is a. Uh, police officer, deputy, uh, mm-hmm. sheriff, sheriff deputy, whatever, wherever he lives and um, and his wife and kids get, get on the screen and they share a little bit of his story and he kind of shares, he says, you know man, like I I am so excited about sort of the, all this that's going on, we're learn, learning a lot I am like every family mm-hmm. that is black or people of color, my family and dealing with that, I'm also a police officer and man, I, I love my I, I die for these guys and, mm-hmm. and it's tough for us right now and and, and instead of him saying, look, I'm a, I'm a black police officer and I stand with the police or mm-hmm. I'm black, even though I'm a police officer, I stand with the black community. Mm-hmm. He was like, I got the yellow shirt on.
0: Yeah. I got
1: and he actually ended his whole little blurb like this. It was so, it was so neat. I'm going to go watch it again so I can quote it exactly. He's like, <laughs> man, uh, I think he said it's black lives matter and, and blue lives matter. Mm. And you know, lives, lives matter. But these matter a lot right now. So like, like he was like saying, yeah, all lives matter. But man, these are both in pain. And, and, and I was so just like, I was just sitting there going, this is what's been in my head the whole time. As followers of Jesus, mm-hmm. we do not have the luxury to pick sides we have the luxury not no the, the 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 responsibility to bring justice to both sides mm-hmm. to care for both sides to love both sides and when those two sides stand against each other and there's injustice to determine where the injustice is and to help solve the injustice but not to villainize or or, or, or stand with less or more, any one side. This is not just about the law enforcement and police officers and people of color community. It's in any future scenario mm-hmm. or past scenario that we yeah. have. Masks, no masks, Republicans, Democrats. We have the certainly the calling to have opinions, to fight, for, to vote. To, and even in this, depending on where our experience is from, we will have the luxury of having a deeper understanding of mm-hmm. the pain. But it is our job to say, man, there's a lot of complication in this, two hurting parties, injustice in here somewhere, from past, in present, the whole deal. Mm -hmm. We gotta weed through all that. We gotta make some changes, but we are not going to be the voice that stands in one side or the Mm -hmm. other against the other side. And to see the world, I don't know if he's a believer or not, Mm -hmm. no idea. But to see somebody that's just part of the world... And then I know for sure that all of the producers of that show are not, can't all possibly be strong believers. So they decided as a show to celebrate this moment yeah. of a yellow shirt and a bandana on the same human mm-hmm. who represents both and celebrates both. Yeah. And, they, and they brought that to a big public thing. And I'm like, if they can do that, yeah. then how could we not? Mm-hmm. How could we not as the biblical community... So I do think that this fight for unity that Ephesians is inviting us into, calling us into, compelling us into, Mm. leaving us no option not to fight for will require slower to talk, quicker to listen, quicker to understand. It will require an attitude of learning and understanding into every conversation I come. And it will require a movement from embedding myself in one space of opinion or people at the detriment of the other, yeah. rather saying, I'm part of this space, but I therefore want to understand probably more than anything of this space. It's funny, I, um, I had this crazy thought today um, that it, I wonder what it would be like in a biblical community. And when I say this, I am probably just going to get myself in a ton of trouble, oh but I really just don't care anymore. Not I do care. I do care, but this one's important. So here we go. So I I thought to myself, what, and man is like dying right now. It's like, we didn't talk about this. (laughs) Um, What if there's another incident that takes place? Because there will be. Yep. uh, Where uh, there's a situation and somebody is uh, handled with greater um, aggression and we see that there's police involved. So, okay, there's an incident and it hits the media and it just goes ballistic, right? Mm -hmm. What if... A text is sent out from one of our police officers to one of our community uh, our people in the uh, in the communities of color, mm-hmm. and the text goes out. So I just I just saw that happen. I can't imagine again what must be going through your head. Yeah. Regardless of the realities of what that's going to be, I, I know these kinds of things mm-hmm. are just a giant reminder and trigger to m- much fear. And I'm I'm really just, just want you to know I'm praying for you. Yeah. And about five minutes later, a text goes from a different person of color to that police officer saying, hey, I just saw the incident. Yeah. I know what this means for you guys. There's going to be massive backlash. We'll figure out as it goes what all this means. But man, just know I'm praying for you from a person of color. Yeah. And I I thought about, like, what what if that just, that's how the biblical community function. We all led with not okay, what was this one? And is it tied to all the others or Mm -hmm. is it not? And you're going to argue it's not. And you're going to say this and you're going to say it was behavior and you're going to say it was Mm -hmm. race and you're going to say, and and I'm, that that our first response is we've so learned to understand one another that in any reality, I now know how that reality is going to impact you regardless of its complicated truths, untruths, whatever. I just know how it's going to impact you. And that means more to me than figuring out and weeding through this. And so I'm gonna reach out to you and go, thinking about you, man. Yeah. And But I'm gonna be reached out to thinking about you. What would the world do with a group of people mm. that, that lived like that? And the more I ask that question to all of the spaces I'm talking to, the more they're all sort of going, gosh, yeah. But they're all also going, are you talking impossible <laughs> stuff right know. now? And I'm like, yeah. yes, yes. That's why we're talking impossible stuff because the spirit of God makes impossible things possible.
0: Yeah. And so that's what loving people is. You it know, is. love God, love people, that's serve right. the world. That's right. Would
1: you open I don't have my phone on me. Yeah. Would you open Romans mm-hmm. chapter 12 verses 9 through
0: Oh. I'm ready. You think she planned. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, I'd mentioned to her, literally mentioned to her Uh, earlier I I might I might touch on Romans uh, 12 9 through 21 and literally this is how Amanda rolls this is why mosaic is what it is because of people like this and because of Amanda specifically that I I I mentioned something in fleeting reality that I probably will never come back to my memory and they actually create real realities to that so thank you for having this up so. (laughs) so so listen to this listen to this this is so crazy okay this is so crazy let love be genuine that's where Romans 12:9 begins. Let love be genuine. D- don't have a pretense in love. Don't have a brochure of like, I'm going to pretend to accept you because that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. Genuine love comes from inside of me that says, I want to understand. Mm-hmm. I want to know you. I want to help. So let your love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. The voice translation uh, or transliteration, whatever we call that thing now, uh, says it beautifully. It says... Run for dear life from what is evil. Hold on for dear life to what is good. Okay. I just love the way it says that. And listen to this Love one another with brotherly affection, with siblingness. And then this outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. So we should rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs mm-hmm. of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And the way this actually translates, the message also does this, not the message, the voice says, and show um, not innovative um, hospitality, um, we'll call it innovative. I don't know. But sh- <laughs> it's almost like be creative in your hospitality. Yeah. Find ways to be hospitable to those. And just when you're thinking, well, I would, but they're a jerk. And they're crazy. Listen to this. Bless those who persecute you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very next verse. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty or full of um, self-righteousness or pride, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, so at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. what Ephesians is calling us to, in practicality, if we just start saying, this is going to start with me caring more about you and wanting to know you than who's right or yeah. what opinion, and making effort to do that, me making sure that I don't just roll in with stuff I'm not ready to say because I don't know enough. That is the problem with everything right now, because everyone's anxious to be the first news story out there mm. before it's old news. They throw it out before we have any, any real facts. And then let's make sure that we remember as believers, we wear the yellow shirt, We wear the black banner with the blue stripe through it. Mm -hmm. And we wear them both proudly. Yeah. Because we don't have to be against one to be for the other. No. And we, you know, I said to a friend of mine, I hope a year from now that people would say of Mosaic Church and of us as a community. There is no church that if you are a person of color, you would feel more honored and loved and cared for and understood Mm -hmm. than here. And there's no church that if you're a police officer, you would feel more cared for, honored and loved and understood then here yeah and you're like no and I'm like yes we it can be done
0: but yeah we can fight for that in our community that's
1: right and and I and 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 it starts here yeah not bringing those worlds but just here it starts in a little circle with six people around a chair discussing a video series that's controversial
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: having disagreements and doing it beautifully and so we will journey into this Ephesians here we are back in unity so good we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> and we're going to keep fighting until we do. So if you had any idea how different Amanda and I was, uh, I, I, I always, not jokingly, I used to joke, but now it's dead serious. Mm. Uh, my life, I, I have essentially zero um, life anymore that I determine for myself, um, except, well, even my preaching, I go to the Holy Spirit and I study the word of God. And then he tells me what to do. So even there, I don't even get to do that myself. But that's a, that's a good, but there are three women in my life that between the three of them uh, tell me exactly how I'm supposed to navigate my life. My wife uh, is the first, and then Tanda, my executive assistant, is the second, and Amanda is the third. And all three of them have personality types that are immovable. Like when they, (laughs) when it's something, it's something. And that has been the greatest gift to me, and uh, on occasion felt (laughs) quite uh, interesting. But it has been such a joy uh, to journey with people that are opposite in every way in personality and in, in how things work, and yet now 18 years together, uh, working in the same little box called Mosaic, yeah. doing the same things many times in the same spaces, and not always agreeing, <laughs> and not always being happy mm. with where we're, where we're going, but submitting to one another, trusting one another, dialoguing through things and because of that we are where we are today and so
0: yeah and seeing how the lord has used our differences to grow us um like the the lord in you has worked on me to become you know a better follower of jesus and and vice versa great it's been awesome so
1: let's community go do that yeah it's been great to be with you guys super fun to be with you amanda we should do this more often (laughs) uh hopefully joel will not be able to be back for a couple weeks and then, just kidding, Joel. Just I'm sure kidding. you're watching. We, we love want you, you too. Back. Um, but <laughs> but it's been great. Thank you guys Bye. so much. Have a great afternoon. Love you guys.